0: Welcome to Subject Matter Tabletop, the podcast about board games and the subject matter that animates them. I'm Steve Gosler, And I am Jordan Tynes, coming at you with a spooky, spectacular, special edition of yeah.
1: Casual Catchup. Tis the season for spooky gameplay and scary tabletops
0: everywhere. We like, I think generally speaking, spooky themed games, and thought yeah. it would be fun to share a little, little bit about why we like them what makes them spooky what makes them not spooky even though they sort mm-hmm. of claim to be spooky and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the relationship between um gameplay and theme a little bit more yeah gameplay and horror yeah so uh, we. I'm, about, th- I'm a fan
1: of horror i think you are as well we both enjoy a good horror film i like a good uh horror novel or scary tale um mm-hmm. what about you it know? um I think games, when I was reflecting on this, one thing that I was thinking about is how common they are. Like, horror games are actually quite common. It's a pretty prevalent thematic zone of production for tabletop okay. gaming. And I think there are lots of reasons for that, probably having to do with the historical um, sort of like provenance of much of gaming in fantasy writing and culture, which tends to always have a horror dimension or element, you know? Like, when you're reading a fantasy novel, no matter what kind of fantasy novel, it doesn't have to be like the darkest or grimmest. There's usually always a scary scary part, right? There's always a part where like things get a little spooky and scary. It's like part of the formula. Hmm. Um, And so there's also like a huge cottage industry of like horror themed tabletop board games Mm -hmm. that are specifically for hobbyist board gamers to play, I guess, presumably year round. But also like you get the sense that there's like a, there's definitely, like, people all over the country and the world, I should say,
0: playing spooky board games right now. Totally. I totally agree. And I, I don't necessarily like the vast majority of those games. Mm. I think what I appreciate most about horror-themed anything, films, books, yeah. whatever, uh, even if yeah. it's just, like, one episode within a larger, different-themed thing I'm consuming. Yeah, the Treehouse of Terror effect. Sure, sure. I I really like the, the tension of suspense. Um, yeah. You know, I really like when I am held on the edge of my seat by, well, we could talk about films for just a moment, right? Films use the mise-en-scene to create that sensation within me. And there's a big difference between a film that is horror-themed – and actually one that is scary, right? You can have yeah. a ghost movie for kids and it may never sure. be scary, right? It right. could be Casper the Friendly Ghost and it's just always funny and it's never scary and there's you never get that sort of, that that tension. Whereas yeah. you and I can watch a scary movie in the evening and be legitimately like heart rate is raising you know we're, yeah, we're yeah, sweating yeah. maybe a little bit and yeah. we're kind of looking at each other like oh my gosh what's gonna happen yeah um, yeah, yeah. there's a different tension there and that mm-hmm. that suspense that the mise-en-scene creates in film is different and so i'm kind of wondering if we can talk a little bit as we go through our maybe list of games that we love and enjoy that have a horror theme talk a little bit about which ones use this sort of mechanics leverage the mechanics within the game Mm -hmm. system to match that horror theme and create that sense of suspense in some way shape or form
1: yeah i think that's a really key point because uh the thing that i'm also put in mind of about the overlap between horror games and other types of horror culture or other horror genre objects uh is narrative and in particular Mm -hmm. um like highly narrative games, some of the most narrative games often have really effective horror themes. And I think the reason for that is that if you have a narrative game, you also want it to not be boring, right? Like The narrative game needs to have suspense and thrills. And so the kinds of narratives that are suspenseful and thrilling right become really great fodder for board games the actually the overlap that's more prominent in this regard than fantasy fiction would be detective fiction or crime fiction Mm -hmm. of which there are tons of examples in board games as well like like arc some archetypal tabletop games at the core level of like a single mechanic like werewolf and social deduction, like the Mm -hmm. archetypal social deduction game
0: is really like a collaborative exercise in horror storytelling, right? That is, is very telling that social deduction games are oftentimes horror themed. Mm -hmm. There are some sci-fi, you know, social deduction games. There's some, you know, fantasy ones, but there are when, okay, we can maybe set the scene a little bit there's a huge section of the large Gen Con convention that we go to every year. Deception alley. Deception alley is enormous. And yeah, it's huge. Dare I say hundreds of people are playing there every single Uh, night.
1: Each night is probably right in the hundreds. Probably. Yeah. It's over 100. It might be less than two. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of people within any given hour, right over the
0: course of the four hours. It's it's definitely hundreds. yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, almost all of those games are some variation of werewolf uh there's one now called blood on the clock tower, uh, the clock tower. there are a few others in there but they are definitely yeah. horror themed mm-hmm. and i wonder if there's something to that right this that suspense that i'm talking about of mm-hmm. not knowing the true identity of someone and you know the intent therefore of what they're trying to accomplish within the system of the game creates that feeling of drama that gets kind of mm-hmm. cl- making me feel at least a little bit like I'm watching a horror movie. Yeah,
1: sure. And it's also embodied in the social deduction game because there are people that like there are enemies among us, right. Or there might even be like a demon mm-hmm. among us. If you're playing blood on the clock tower or a creature of the night, the werewolf. Um but yeah, it is it's an interesting connection. I mean, again, I think probably the Ur game would be Mafia rather than Werewolf, right? Which is simply like a, a murder mystery scenario in which that that horror trapping like is a take on and then becomes sort of like I I don't know if this is out of hand to say, but a like vastly more popular and reproducible version of Mafia. Mm-hmm. Like I think more people play Werewolf probably or have played than mafia, I would but it's that, that too. again. It's that like murder mystery detective like deduction. Like oh, someone's been killed. Who's the killer? It's mm-hmm. that kind of like thriller mold, taken it, to the next level.
0: It is basically a murder mystery dinner party. Yeah. On on like gaming steroids. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, right. you are you are uh, given a scenario that someone is going to die. Somebody in your midst is going to kill them figure it out before you're all dead. I once had an incredible time
1: playing Werewolf with a good friend of mine who was running the game. And after each night when the person was killed, he, he elaborated the most grotesque and oh detailed gosh. visceral descriptions of the crime scenes and the mangled corpses. And, uh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a you gotta uh, have a stomach for that kind of thing. Not but... not everybody in the party was down. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. divisive. That's <laughs> that's the, that's the but that's also I thought the it thing, was right? really fun, and it added a kind of D and D feel to the game, which I thought was like, oh wow, I didn't even know this game could be this fun. If like if you had someone running it who was like really building, like painting out a scene for the people. It mm-hmm. would make you a little terrified. Like I didn't want to be ripped to shreds in those ways. Like it was shocking sure. what happened to some of those people, and it was uh, it was a little
0: bit you know hair raising. So one one game company that strike stands out to me the the trick or treat games right have yeah. have a bunch of board games that are horror themed. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I've ever felt scared or that maybe that's that high level of. Social tension that I feel when I am playing social deduction games uh, during them, and so I kind of wonder: Are they actually spooky, or am I just mm-hmm. looking at kind of like scary cards? That uh, you know, if I didn't have a stomach for that kind of thing, maybe it would startle yeah. me a little bit, or I wouldn't yeah. want to look too carefully at them. But um, is that actually a, a, a fair <laughs> thing to say here? That they're yeah, sc- I mean, they're not scary. It's like,
1: what? Where do we? To, it's like trying to determine the extent to which the theme is scary or the gameplay experience is scary and to what extent those correlate directly. You know, you you have a game in your possession, a fun little – it's not really a social deduction game. I guess it kind of is. You're bluffing. You know that lots of people have the plague. I forget the name of the game. But you're, like, uh, jumping into into oh, wagons yeah. and trying to race out of town. I mean, uh, sometimes – Bristol, I, I Bristol yeah. I've been more frightened. <laughs> trading
0: dirty cards with people in bristol sure yeah there's this mechanic where if you get in you're basically trying to jump in these wagons and you're trying to escape bristol during the height of the the black plague yeah and um you and your maybe i think up to nine colleagues are are all hopping in the same three wagons and you're jumping Uh in and out of wagons and if you ever share a wagon with someone you have a chance of there's some sort of their contagion. There's like um, a condition that triggers where you all have to like pitch cards into
1: a shared pot and then draw them back out. It's this really right. awful mechanism of like, oh, you're sharing breathable space and saliva and like, you know, like moist droplets with these people. Sure. Uh, and I, it really triggers me. I did not like it at all. Uh, but that's not like a spooky game per se. Whereas when we played, um, so trick or treat games, probably the game I've played most thoroughly is Nightmare Productions, which we demoed. Mm-hmm. I almost Did we play the whole thing start to finish? I think we did. We were just like, yeah. screw it, let's play the whole thing. Yeah, because everybody who was demoing it was down. Mm-hmm. Um, that game was super fun. A really fun, like auction game um, where the theme, the theme is that you're like competing to build out B-rate uh, horror films by bidding on components like director, score, monster, cast, star, setting, that kind of thing. Um, so it's like a wonderful like homage to horror cinema, especially the sort of like lower grade variety. But the gameplay is not scary at all right there's nothing i guess it could be it's it's certainly tense like bidding is tense and but it's not scary you know it's not i wouldn't call it scary
0: the only Um, time i think i would ever like imagine that game gets getting scary is when you are crafting your you're putting together your final like little pieces of a film that you're trying to produce and you get a monster you get a weapon you get Mm -hmm. like a scenario you get there's a couple of other things in there like a director or whatever right yeah and they all are themed in different ways and i i think you could role play it a little bit yeah you could sure, say sure, like sure. ooh look at this like scary movie that i have with a possessed doll that uses mm-hmm. like a chainsaw and you know all these other things and um as if somebody were to like in your example with werewolf do a little bit better of a job explaining that film to the table of other players it might get kind of like ooh that was kind of like mm, you know I willy's. could imagine yeah, something getting kind like of scary, scary right there maybe. which brings yeah. up a good point right another way that a game can get scary is through the contributions that the players bring to it like how much are they role playing how much are they describing what the mm-hmm. actions are are meaning uh, how are they are meaningful uh, in mm-hmm. the theme and um, yeah you know it brings up like role playing games generally speaking I think have a yeah. oh, better opportunity at becoming much more scary to the players
1: yeah that's a great point point. and i think maybe what some of the most successful scary board games do is combine that narrative sense that we've been talking about that allows for role play to create like kind of really quite eerie atmospheres between players with striking visual design and components that might be uncomfortable to like be around <laughs> right um you know like Blood Orders is another trick-or-treat games title and, and, you know, not to harp on trick-or-treat games, um, but that game, also the gameplay wasn't particularly scary for players, but the cards had some like, vampires, you know, be vampire stuff, yeah. like, you know, p- people mangled corpses and
0: stuff like that, sure. which might not be the, the nicest thing for some players, you know? Yeah, um, I, I have a, I don't really have a visceral reaction to that kind of things, particularly when they're like cute pieces of plastic sitting on a table. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not, yeah. never been a thing, but... Maybe some people do, right? And and yeah. so, again, it depends a little bit on the player, like how scary can things get and how, how far do their imaginations go? Yeah. But again, that ties into that, that role-playing idea. How deep do people want to go when they're playing this game? Uh, there like is the, that role-playing game, yeah. like uh, Mothership, I think is what it's called, is this game that's brands itself as being this very scary experience for people. And mm-hmm. that's the sort of... The key piece there is that somebody is telling the scary story. Somebody is driving that that story forward, which gets back to your point about narrative design yeah. of of games.
1: One of the games um, that whose art I think is pretty good in this regard. It doesn't. I don't find it like uncomfortable, but I think it's pretty decent horror art is the Arkham uh, Arkham horror the card game. Uh, mm-hmm. the card art on lots of those cards is pretty decent horror art where you're like oh look at that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's a part of what is enjoyable about like hanging out with those cards you know if you're into that kind of like uh, sort of weird fiction horror genre of stuff. A- another game that squares a lot of the different things we've talked about so far, not so much deep narrative. Though there is an opportunity, I guess, one there could be an opportunity to role play a little bit, like outside the box, like the game doesn't necessarily need you to do this. Uh, is a game called The Night Cage. Oh yeah, um, which I have a copy of and which I've played mm-hmm. uh, twice, um, and that game has the potential to be, not as I said, not quite super narrative, but to be like actually viscerally quite frightening and tense to play. And the design of that game I do find a little off-putting. There are these little humanoid creatures with like sunken black hole eyes and they're kind of emaciated and skeletal and they're trapped in this like... Mm. It's hard for me to describe. The sort of aesthetic of the components is quite sparse and minimal, but the bits of design that do appear in the mostly black components are not very pleasant, <laughs> hmm. so I don't I don't love hanging out with that game on the table. Um, it just is a little bit gross, uh, hmm. but that adds to the effect. So the premise of the game is that you're tra- It's a fully co-op game, and you're trapped inside a castle or dark dungeon, the night cage, right of the title, with your fellow players, and you each have a candle but the candle only lights up the square. So it's a, it's a a grid of squares only lights up the squares that are immediately adjacent to you orthogonally. So when you move, you lose sight of what's behind you. And when you go back to that space, you could lay another tile. that's like a monster, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, or like a pit, you know, and it's like, Oh God, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're wandering around this night cage on your own or together, depending on how you want to play it, trying to discover keys, Of which there are four and once everyone has obtained their key then you all have to find a gate and converge on the gate and then escape um and there are lots of other sort of like upgrades and like difficulty enhancers that i've never played with because the base game was sort of fun enough but it wasn't i could see why you would really want to amp up the difficulty to make it like one of those brutal co-op games um so that game could be kind of scary i know you know like we didn't play it in the dark but i can imagine like if you played it by candlelight It could be quite evocative. You are sort of like the, the sort of like visual thick gag is that the tiles are held in a candle shaped dispenser. So once the last tile goes out, the candles wick has burned all the way down and you're Mm -hmm. out of time. So
0: I would say that the key mechanism in that, that makes it scary is the uh, leveraging the unknown. That is, for me, one of the key components of that suspense, that tension that mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. talking about before. We've already kind of touched on that with social deduction, not knowing mm-hmm. who is it could doing be what, you. Yeah. right? But there are other mechanisms that really leverage that that tension as well. Uh, push your luck is a great example mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. There are many examples of push your luck games or games that have push your luck in them. That are not scary, uh, mm-hmm. but they have that tension, or they're not mm-hmm. intending to be scary. Uh, the unfortunately themed uh, "Ink and Gold" is a great example of that, where you're like uh, laying yeah. cards, and if like a trap yeah, falls, yeah. then you you don't get your you know stolen treasure from right, right. Um, your colonial booty. Right. Uh, <laughs> the one that I have heard about that I have not played is called uh, "Don't Go In There." Oh, and the. Box looks amazing for one. It is a house, like a scary looking house, and you mm-hmm. unfold it and it actually becomes sort of a dice tower. Uh and wow. you you drop these ghost colored, these like sort of neon oh, ghost colored <laughs> dice into the, in the, dark. the house, and then they come out and cards come out, and it's uh mm. and that one stood out to me as like, oh, that's a brilliant idea of in a horror film or story of any kind. The narrative is that. You know, you're kind of like always yelling at the characters on screen or, you know, at the pages Mm -hmm. of the book, being like, don't do that. Come on. Don't go in there. Turn away. Right. (laughs) Don't go in there. What are you doing? Open the door. And they're the characters in those stories are pushing their luck. Right, yeah, um, totally. They are like touching the doorknob and Uh just taking one more look in that past that door. Kirk, where are you? Yeah, right. (laughs) We just Uh, watched Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, we just did watch Texas Chainsaw last (laughs) year, so there was a lot of pushing. Kirk, come out! Didn't work out for most of them. Uh, So yes, that was a a grisly, a grisly affair (laughs) watching that film. (laughs) Thank you for the reminder. Um, Sorry. And uh, don't go in there. Is this brilliant implementation of that? Feeling Right. Of of pushing your luck. That's a really
1: great uh, that's a really great comp. You know, again, not to just harp on like the same games that happen to be my faves. But Arkham Horror is a great push your luck game. Mm -hmm. There's this it doesn't happen in the, the it's not usually the horror dimension. So like the horror dimension is, oh, my gosh, I don't know what cards on top of this deck that's been shuffled let's unveil the next Mythos card. Oh, God damn, what is that? You know, Or what's going to be in this next spot I explore? But the the central mechanism of suspense and tension in that game is the chaos bag. And the whole thing you're doing with the decks that you build is manipulating manipulating the odds to try and be as much in your favor as possible, which they never really are because the game's brutal, in, for the chaos bag. So you're reaching into a bag full of tokens, most of which are bad, trying to pull out a good one. And it's constantly pushing your luck because you can decide... Uh, okay, I could spend this card now to increase the odds this much or I could just chance it and Mm -hmm. not increase the odds and see if we can get by to the next round and save this card and we might really need it, right? So you're constantly trying to like, how many pulls of the chaos bag can I get away with with the odds as they are or do I need to keep stacking them in my favor because we can't afford to get another like awful token out of the chaos bag. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's a really... That's a really great point. Um, you know, in, the, in, that, in that genre, or not in that genre, in that title, it would be like somebody continuing to confront the uh, elder horrors of chaos and just, you know, just, risking losing their mind. Yeah, which is the theme of basically all of Lovecraft's. Mm-hmm. All the Lovecraft games, yeah, for sure. Writing, right, right. Um, yeah. um, so um,
0: uh, The Unknown, too, also plays out in one of my favorite horror titles. And it's not really a horror game, though. I kind of, you know, it's it's a ghost story. Um, Mysterium. Mm. Oh, ho, 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 Mysterium is a great spooky
1: game. I yeah. didn't even think of that before we sat and down it's, here. It's weird because yeah. it's not ever.
0: It's Casper, the friendly ghost of spooky games. Sure, it, it, but yeah, it, it gives the vibe that you're conducting kind of a séance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I you think know? you
1: are right. Explicitly, isn't that the, the that is the narrative, story narrative right? structure of the gameplay? Yeah,
0: yeah. You're basically you're either a ghost. There's one person who's a ghost mm-hmm. or you are a crew of I don't know paranormal investigators. They're, yeah,
1: what are they they you know mediums or whatever Yeah, um, you know people and who can commune with the
0: spirit world receiving messages from the the player who is the ghost. Yeah. About so it's a, it's a, a um, murder of some a, kind maybe. Yeah,
1: it's a limited co- uh, communication game. So the ghost can only communicate by sending cryptic and surreal like visual messages with a bunch of these like cards. that are the size of like postcards and have all of these various like illustrations and impressionistic yeah. stuff on them. They're supposed and to be so, your dreams. Yeah, and they're like giving you visions, right? So the mm-hmm. ghost is like giving each of the mediums particular visions to try and point them towards Clues, and of course the the mediums can talk as much as they want. The ghost can't say anything, so then the ghost's clues can start to feed into the lines of thinking that the mediums are exploring, whether or not they're accurate or not. And sometimes that's the fun of it. It's like you get locked into a blind alley because the mediums all think you're telling them one thing, and you keep trying to direct them elsewhere, and they're like, "Oh, see, it totally makes sense." And it's like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, you're revealing the identity of of a murderer. I believe. I with, think
0: yeah. for me, one of the key elements is that limited communication yeah. that for me creates this weird uh othering between mm. the the ghost and everybody else and uh, there are other games like that we mentioned one on the last uh, casual catch up with a crew is, is another yeah, game the with, crew. with yeah. it's not a horror game um but you know it has that sort of same tension of mm-hmm. um I have to be very aware of what I'm doing and don't say the wrong thing at the right time. It'll ruin the game for one, but it's also <laughs> against the rules. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just creates this funny little tension that I, that I really appreciate that I feel like in some way connects to my experience of horror. How about a game like Cobble and Fog? the the unmatched Ooh, I love that game yeah, that's a yeah I know game. you love that game it's um, it's a fighting game between yeah it's like a the Invisible Man and uh-huh. who it's it's one of du- many installments High. in
1: the uh, in the unmatched universe which is like they put out all of these things that are in the public domain so a lot of stuff from the 19th century or earlier uh, themed uh, little decks that are like pre-built, So it's like, you don't have to build your deck. It's built for you, but you shuffle up and you play it as a combat deck and you brawl with another character on like a small map. And the cobble and fog installment has all these Victorian horror characters. So it has Jekyll and Hyde. It has uh, Dracula. It has hmm. the invisible man, which is like ra- a under uh, an underrated horror character. If you've ever read the Wells novel, it's incredibly disturbing. Uh, and the invisible man is an awful person. um, hmm. Yikes. but uh yeah <laughs> it's really messed up the other person funny enough in cobbler fog is sherlock holmes that's the other person you can play mm-hmm. as so like the archetypal not you know not the first but the, the 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 most enduring detective fiction character right so it's like three horror fiction characters and a detective fiction character which speaks to that shared lineages that we were talking about earlier but that's a great game um, the design of the art on those cards is super evocative. The game, you know, no shade. I love the game. There's not much to the game. you know you just play your cards and just, you, it's a wa- battle royale. Yeah, you're just walking around trying to kill each other. Um, but the cards are super evocative of those texts, especially if you're if you have any familiarity with them, they're themed really well, which is like true of all of the unmatched stuff, right? That's why it's so popular because they do a really good job of like adapting. but not inside. very scary.
0: Yeah, not, no, not super scary. I There's a couple the Dracula only, cards the only that are like where I'm yeah. like, like kind of the only moment where I'm kind of like uh, is if I really need a card and I, mm-hmm. and I'm about to draw a card and I need one very specific one and yeah. I'm like come on and please all, be the card all you and, get is another faint and you're like oh, <clears> God. God. <laughs> don't need that don't need that meanwhile
1: Holmes is dropping his what's the yeah, I just, forget the name of the card but it's like show me your entire hand and I get to throw away three of them it's
0: like okay yeah, wiping my <laughs> hand out yeah um, um maybe another horror trope that i think mm, is really prevalent in games is the chase scene for sure right where you know some hero or protagonist or, yeah. I don't or know, final that, girl a, game oftentimes damsel mention. in distress right yeah. kind of thing um is being chased by the the evil entity of some kind um the the games where I get that the most are mm-hmm. games that use timers. Mm, real yeah, world sure. time, you know, sure, where sure, you're sure. having to do something really, really fast on the table. And you're like going, going real quick and trying to and make things work. And, you know, you're looking over at the sand timer or the, you know, clock or whatever it is. You're like, come on, I got like one more grain of sand. I got to get this done. And then it's over and you're like, Oh, did I get it? And you have to kind yeah. of assess the situation. Um, the game that really stands out to me that does that really well is called Project Elite. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cooperative. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually played it with you. Or did we play it one time? I think yeah. we did We it one time. Yeah, it was chaos. Yeah, it's total chaos. I, 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 it's like Starship Troopers. You're, you're mm. like a um, yeah. space marine, <laughs> and there's like hordes of space aliens coming towards <laughs> you. And you are basically like assessing where the aliens are coming from. Like, okay, they're coming from over there they're coming from over there you go that way i'll go this way and then when the timer starts you can do it take as many actions as you can in that time frame Mm uh expend all your resources do whatever it is you need to do to kill as many aliens as possible uh and it's so intense that you're paying no attention to what the other players are doing you're just like engrossed in what you're having to do and then uh when that stops you're like okay how did we do and, and you have to kind of reassess and do that process over and over again until either you or the aliens are dead. It's not necessarily like a horror-themed game, but it no. is scary. It's science fiction, yeah. right? And, and you yeah. are um, freaking out for sure while you're playing that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, that, that's an interesting point that I hadn't thought of in advance of this, but I'm glad you brought it up because it's an opportunity for me to mention another one of my personal faves. Um, And a game that does a really good job of that is spooky themed uh, ostensibly or like explicitly rather, um, uh, but does a pretty good job of using the chase trope um, to its advantage, though it doesn't have a timer is actually vast the mm-hmm. mysterious manor because mm-hmm. it's deep asymmetry so vast is like a deeply asymmetric game where everybody's playing basically almost their own game their own set of rules but the premise is that you're within a haunted manor and one person plays as the haunted manor as the the, the built it's environment scary which building, the players yeah. exist in another person plays as the giant spider which is trying to like lay eggs and suck blood and escape another person plays as the paladin who's there to try and hunt down the spider and slay it and then if you have a fourth player the fourth player plays as the skeletons, which are trying to k- track down the paladin and destroy him. They like live underneath the manor and they pop up out of the ground. And they... <laughs> you have to make that sound when you play. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, if you have a fifth player, they play as the warlock, who's like hopping around underneath the manor and on top of things and can move all over the place and is trying to like cast mm. rituals in order to like you know lay a spell. But so the movement of the game is essentially a tile laying game. So people are exploring the manor laying down tiles trying to get at each other and chase each other down and escape one another's movements and that's like the real it's not a it's not a timer timer you're not flipping a thing over but the game timer of the design is like being able to elude the people hunting you and to catch the person that you need to catch right so if you are the manor you're trying to just sort of capture everybody so they can never escape Mm -hmm. right by finishing your puzzle first um, if, if you're the, yeah if you're the spider you're trying to elude the paladin as much as you can or maybe go in and ha, 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 strike them once and then run away scuttle into the corner and then, mm-hmm. you know find your time uh, if you're the paladin you're just trying to like break bust down walls and light lanterns and burn cobwebs and back any, fell beast yeah that's back right to the shadows. <laughs> if any skeletons pop out you burst them into dust and then they just instantly reassemble but at the end of the like at the far end of the building and they can never be destroyed Um You know, and if you're the skeletons, you're the hallways. Uh, so it's a fun, <laughs> it's a really fun game and it does create that kind of chase sensation. Everybody's chasing everybody around and it's like really kind of suffocating when you play with four or five people because it's like, ah, I'm just trying to do my thing and I got all these people like infringing, infringing on my like actions and my movements and it's like, I'm trapped in this goddamn house, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's fun uh, but it uses that chase what in a way that I hadn't ever really fully, I hadn't really thought about that way until you just brought that up but mm. that is a horror trope that's present in that game uh in a way that's interesting
0: yeah i think the 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 time-based chase mechanic has a little bit of uh dexterity element Mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. and i think that's always kind of a potential i don't i i was trying to think about this before we started recording i do love dexterity games it's that late night i'm like tired and i'm like just Mm -hmm. feeling silly like that was the the incredible penguin game we played (laughs) penguin oh ice cool yeah ice that's cold. not scary at all it's, yeah, it's not a scary What scary, a scary, 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 scary game though. right <laughs> how awesome would it be to have that game be like a horror theme right yeah. where you're like you're like Seven monsters bees. like yeah. you know? so in this game you're like penguins flicking around this you're basically you're eating at school right? at school right? you're yeah. like you're like goofing off at school yeah, like, yeah you're yeah. eating fish and you're a penguin it's mm-hmm. it's amazing i highly recommend it but it would be awesome if it was like haunted school and you're like yeah monsters or something like that and yeah you're like, it's you're like flicking it around i mean i think that would be uh, it's maybe not scary but no the thrill of like watching someone flick their their penguin and it like bounces off a wall and through a door and it comes like it does the impossible and it comes so close to you mm. and it, and, it, and yeah. you're and you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for it to stop because you don't know if it's going to hit it or not that's a moment that I feel like maps to yeah. the horror genre pretty well.
1: For sure. Yeah. That's a great one. I mean, more dexterity games generally, I think. We need more of this. Yes, this we do. Is, this, yeah, this would be your answer to the rapid fire question dexterity mm-hmm. games. More dexterity um, games. I love them. <laughs> Um one game we haven't mentioned that probably lots of people will have thought of it was very it's very recent and has been very popular i to my you know discredit have not played it but Ravensburger's Horrified yeah the uh, cooperative came out game. a couple years ago 19 or 20 21 maybe um and was just huge. Sold tons of copies because they have that thing with Target; it's all over the place. Um, and it's like universal horror, classic horror movies is the basic the theme of it. You're playing as one of any universal Frankenstein monsters, Dracula, Wolfman, Bride, maybe, yeah, uh, Mummy, uh, Black Lagoon creature from the Black Lagoon. So, oh my gosh, that reminds me. That's another really fun spooky game that I love to play, which is Campy Creatures by Keymaster Games. Campy yeah. Creatures is a great. Speaking about trick-taking games, how do we not mention that? on the trick-taking episode. Mm-hmm. That game the, yeah, oh, rules. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, man, that's such a good trick-taking game. Apologies to Keymaster Games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, like, maybe my favorite trick-taking game. It's so fun, and it has a really, like, cheesy, spooky theme
0: that is, like, just right in, right up my alley. Um, it's, and, it, again, both of those seem like they're not scary, per se, but they're just good thematic yeah. application. Yeah, no, uh, playing crampy creatures does not frighten me. How about the other game in the Ravensburger category uh Jaws
1: oh yeah Jaws is good another Jaws hidden movement a game, game.
0: It's a horror fe- it's a it's a creature feature uh yeah about or have, have we mentioned any game hidden, I
1: say another hidden movement game I don't know if we've mentioned hidden movement games yet yeah but, hidden movement um, is a
0: really I so this this brings another up, blender
1: actually, of uncertainty push your luck and limited communication mm-hmm, right there mm-hmm. that's a nice and it brings up trifecta. another one I
0: wanted to bring up I I still actually to this day don't know the name of this game. So if you know this, please get in touch and let me know what the name of this game is because I want to try it again. Tabletop at (laughs) gmail.com. Yeah, Uh, or Instagram or whatever. But you play as one versus all. I love one versus all games where Mm -hmm. there's like one entity. Uh, Mysterium is like that. It's like where it's sort of like in that game, it's like one with all. But um, one versus all is one of my favorite genres of games. Jaws is like this. Uh, one place, person plays as the shark, everybody else plays as the crew trying to like mm-hmm. destroy the shark and survive. Um, yeah. This one, This one that I'm trying to think of was a wonderful horror game where you start in the middle. You are one of four campers in the middle of the forest and you're just camping and then you hear the sound of a werewolf mm-hmm. and the other player uh who's who's not part of the campers is out in the woods somewhere and just running around and you don't know where they are and as as the campers are like we got to get the heck out of here and so you're running around everybody the wolf knows where you are it's 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 like you know i can smell you i can hear you i can see you everything else right so you're trying to run out of the woods do you split up Mm -hmm. into twos and mm. you and you take off in opposite directions. Wow, on Wow! What map. is this game called? This sounds um, incredible. Uh, or do you all go together and like, uh, maybe are you're less efficient that way? Mm. You can find things like ATVs hidden in the woods. You can oh, find cool. weapons. You Chainsaws? can find little houses that you know where you get mm-hmm. in like little combat scenarios with the werewolf. Silver maybe silver bullets, perhaps. Um, if you take damage at all you have to you draw a card and mm-hmm. you to decide whether or not you get infected and then if you're <laughs> infected at some point later in the game you're going to turn into a werewolf too and everybody has, runs away from you all of a sudden i mean it's just like a perfect wow. recreation like mechanically of a werewolf movie and yeah. um i i, I want to say it had the word luna in it so i should Ooh. maybe just do some google searching we gotta on play this. this game it sounds um, amazing yeah it sounds it it was amazing i played it i don't know 15 years ago or something like that uh maybe not even that much but uh it was so long ago and i was like you know kind of i don't know i wasn't paying that much attention and by the end of it i was like oh my gosh this is just so so Mm -hmm. like a werewolf game
1: so immersive yeah yeah that's cool was it were the components like well done or was it i don't think so i think it it was just
0: like kind of like a caught you by surprise uh, a little bit yeah piece of paper on the table kind of thing um it was not beautiful but it didn't need to be right it like that's sort of one of my points is that mechanically it was so sound that Mm -hmm. it didn't have to lean very heavily on the visual components to create Mm -hmm. that sense of fear or Mm -hmm. scariness or anything it just did it with the game system.
1: That's interesting. I I hadn't, until we started having this conversation just now, Hmm. I never had that realization that like hidden movement games tend to combine all three of those things that we were just talking through as being like hallmarks of uh, horror gaming with the one exception of like social deduction. Um, So I guess there were four things we discussed uh, because they do have the uncertainty. You don't know if you're on the side of people looking for the person who's Mm -hmm. a hidden mover. You don't know where they are. You don't know where they're going to pop up or what's going to happen next. If you're the hidden mover, you're constantly pushing your luck, seeing how you can stay put and maybe they'll find me, or maybe I can move that close mm-hmm. to them, or whatever. And of course, there's the limited communication that facilitates the hidden movement. You know, are you here? All I will say is that I'm not there now. You know, but mm-hmm. maybe I was there before. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's really interesting. I mean, I do love hidden movement games. Uh, for lots of reasons, the one versus all thing is also a part of that. That tension is so palpable throughout yeah. the whole
0: experience. Yeah, you can so play, you can play a hidden movement game we for should three bring hours. hours, and then it feels like you haven't been there for that long. Maybe we should bring up our favorite hidden movement game.
1: Yeah, maybe one of my—I mean, not my all-time favorite—definitely in my top ten, if not my top five games. uh, would be the fury of Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I have second a dish, uh, though I think third a dish is pretty good too. Or excuse me, I have third a dish. Oh, I, I have third a dish. I've I've heard that um, fourth a dish is pretty good too. I never played second a dish. Uh, it, it pre- presumably there were a bunch of like the rules are already a little bit convoluted, and I always tend to forget one or get one wrong each time I play it, and, then <laughs> I, and it's a different one each time. So I like learn a new lesson, and then I, oh, I'll never make that
0: mistake again. And then I play it again like eight months later, and I do a different thing wrong. Um, it's but a beast. I, even the, with the game is yeah. enormous, and it just has it. It requires everybody at the table to know rules all thoroughly before mm-hmm. you start playing. Because there's so much hidden information that you wouldn't have to want to ask a rule about something that would reveal Mm -hmm. your position later on. Um, So, you know, essentially you are either Dracula Mm -hmm. running around Europe, causing havoc. Lord Drac. Creating... Uh, like hovels of yeah, of, uh, you're of, just popping out vampires and filth and
1: terror yeah. and spreading evil over all of Europe. Yeah,
0: and or you are one of four vampire hunters that are mm-hmm. part of the Bram Stoker uh, text. Yeah. and you're um, running around trying to figure out where Dracula is and yeah. hunting uh, him down and driving a stake through his wizened heart. Do as much damage as you can when you find him Uh, because chances are he's gonna pull some nasty little trick and disappear Mm -hmm. again yeah fury of dracula is
1: a great a great game also one of my favorite uh horror novels maybe even novels full stop I i think it's a pretty interesting historical text uh from its day and the game uh captures the um novel really well in a way that's creative too because it's actually not an adaptation of the novel the game story takes place post-novel which is one of the sad things about it because quincy the texan dies at the end of the novel spoiler alert mm-hmm. uh and uh so he's not in the game and that would be a great character to play in the game right. um but you're playing as all the people who survive so dr seward um mina harker uh abraham van helsing and lord godalming and jonathan harker only appears as like an ally card but uh, yeah. he is in the game the way that um, it
0: infuses little details of that text are really mm-hmm. great too right the yeah. my, the one that always stuck out to me is that mina gets bitten by dracula in the book mm-hmm. and therefore is weakened right uh and so she has like a a disadvantage at some, su- at some points, but also maybe has like this psychic connection to Dracula. Yeah. She can take less can damage. She's like pre bitten. So like yeah. she can, she can't soak as much damage, but
1: she has a psychic connection, which can help find him. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's, that's kind of awesome. And it's, that's yeah. a, a direct connection to the, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these funny little details. Uh, like I said, Dracula D- can get up to all these sneaky little tricks where, mm-hmm he'll play a card and like turn into a pile of rats and like S- escape is missed. escape ah. is
1: mist <laughs> that's my favorite Dracula card, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which are which are also part of the <laughs> book right yeah right a green mist um also shout out to Francis Ford Coppola's 1992 masterpiece Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. Dracula which adapts that novel pretty well um but we'll just leave that there uh another yeah. uh, the aspect i like um so like there are little event cards or like there are item items and event cards that you get to like help the hunters And some of those are really great as well in the way that they adapt little details from the novel, like Dr. Seward. The novel, for those people who aren't familiar, is kind of like an original found footage horror text. It's a novel totally constructed from, like, documents found after the fact. So, like, people's personal diaries, uh, newspaper or clippings, uh, recorded phonograph memos is one of them. Dr. Seward, the, like, psychologist-physician... Psychiatrist, I guess would be the term for a psychologist, a physician, uh, is in his office, like, laying down his notes and his recounting of events on phonographs. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so one of the cards in the book is, like, phonographs, and it, like, gives you, like, this ability to boost or whatever if you're Seward. Um, so, like, little things like that that, like, you really wouldn't know unless you were invested in trying to, like, mine the source text for its, like, its its true kind of, like, odd late Victorian atmosphere.
0: If anyone... Is listening? Who's considering doing a fourth edition of that game? I think I they, they have done. Didn't they?
1: Didn't WizKids oh, well, do a fourth edition? Or, or did they, they just reprint fifth edition, the third edition? Whatever edition is up next, yeah. if you're considering
0: yeah. it, and you want to do a deluxe edition, include Ooh. a vinyl record in there, please. Oh, a yeah. vinyl record that I can put on the turntable yeah. and listen maybe to. Maybe a red one, a deep crimson red wax yeah. press. Yeah, give me, give me a, <laughs> a, give me a sonic element, and please don't do it as a digital app. Yeah.
1: Well. The digital implementation of that
0: game on Steam is disappointing. Yeah, it is a little bit. But we're, we, we're grateful for it because we yes, get to play for Dracula it when it's just the two of us. And, and it scripts all those rules that I get run-over. wrong all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, the AI in that game is horrible. real bad yeah it's real bad. you yeah. get van helsing just running in circles and in just Eastern Europe going to and just goes no to rome, to and, milan and, rome <laughs> yeah. and milan and rome and milan and rome and milan it's like yeah. what is he doing we're talking about the digital version there is none of that in the uh <laughs> a, a tabletop version the ta- tabletop version is all analog and it's beautiful and yeah. uh very it's, scary it's i am the whole time feel like i should sometimes when i'm making a decision and waiting for dracula to do something i even kind of just need to physically look over my shoulder To make Mm, sure Dracula is night there. I have not ever felt
1: scared as the hunters, though it is obviously very frightening to play as Dracula when there are four people like burning down your trail trying to like Mm -hmm. kill you. That can be quite tense. That's one of those games. The Fear of Dracula is one of those games that um, it does often last a really long time. Like it usually takes at least uh, three hours, unless you play it with a group of people who play it regularly, in which case I'm sure you could play through it in like two. Uh, but it takes at least three hours, sometimes four or more, depending on how distracted people are during their turns, how many rules explanations need to be gone over again, or how long people like Drac take to make their decisions, which are difficult decisions. That game can really stretch. And even with that, I find that it often, I can't speak for everybody, but it never loses my attention. I am totally engrossed in it the whole time. And it's, One of these classic games that, like two hours into that experience, you'll just find yourself noticing that everyone has like stood up from the table, and because it it does have a big map board, and everyone will just be standing around the table, arms crossed, arms crossed, like hand on their chin, like looking at the board, looking down at it, like swaying, swaying back and forth slightly in the moment, like mm, tapping their foot. Where is this Dracula figure?
0: Flying about and people get biting people. In. Yeah. Um, it is a great game. It's emotionally draining game. Yeah. Oh, Afterwards so, you need to like a so
1: awful when you spend three hours chasing Dracula and don't catch him.
0: Yeah. And and you need a, you need a like a a warm beverage after that game. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. it be a cup of tea. Or Some a hot m- toddy. <laughs> Some you mulled need, you, wine. Yeah, you need something to uh, to fortify your will against yeah. the, the cold night after that game. One game I didn't mention that I thought I might just give a, a shout out to is this
1: little game called Zombie Dice. That mm-hmm. a, a friend of mine who I used to play board games with on a regular basis back in Pittsburgh when we both lived there. It was our like a amuse-bouche game. So we would like sit down with our first drink after just showing up and like play zombie dice for a minute and then like get something else out and play that after. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's just, you're just rolling these like zombie themed dice that are, have like gruesome decor, you know, decaying corpse pieces on them or something. And you're trying to, uh, Oh, no, that's not what it is. Some of them have zombie dice. Some of them, excuse me, some of them have zombies on them. Some of them have, like, shotguns and hits. So you're just basically, like, trying to, like... You're playing, like, a, a little dice game, like, Ship Captain Crew or something, but you have to collect, like, three or four shotgun blasts to, like, succeed. Okay, I got it. I killed the zombie, right? And then mm-hmm. it passes to the next person. So you're just building dice pools. Yeah
0: sort of like it has like a farkle vibe to it maybe
1: yeah 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 like exactly like farkle yeah it's like a farkle like a dice is a game like
0: classic that. game in my household um, zero horror theme zero mm-hmm. scariness to it although there probably is a halloween themed farkle set Halloween farkle and that you know sort of is the perfect example of like uh, farkle scary farkle would not be scary at all it would just be a probably a set of orange dice with black dots that like has like jack o lantern pips on the dice maybe and they wouldn't be scary at all and mm. you and i have explored many things about games that actually do produce scariness that we're looking for when we're really looking forward to sitting down to play a spooky experience i have a spooky board game ghost story
1: kind of Ooh, that do. i can tell sure should i tell this story a haunted game story yeah go for we it. could lay some scary music underneath this you could find like the twin peaks music you know what I'm talking about? So, um, as I mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Arkham Horror the Card Game, though I barely ever play it, but I do own several sets of it, and it's uh, one of the games I do enjoy playing whenever I've had the chance to do so. And several years ago, I got really invested in the idea of glamming it up. And there's a wonderful company uh, called Team Covenant who does a number of different like uh, deluxifying components for Arkham Horror Players, shout out to them. Uh, and they make them on a limited run so that they always sell out. So like there's always big dry spells where you like can't get them, but then they're like, okay, we're gonna make some more of these because it seems like people want them. So they bake a bunch and then everybody buys them and they're gone. Uh, and I was in the midst of like trying to get some of these things. I never got them actually. Truth be told. But in the midst of this, I did get several other things that they like recommended their pro tips for like glamming up your Arkham Horror. And one of those was like coin collector, um, plastic coin collector holders to put the chaos cardboard punch out chaos tokens in mm-hmm. so that they jingle around a little bit more pleasurably in the sack. They last a bit met- better or a bit longer because they don't need to degrade. They're in this protective covering. Right. Um, so I got that stuff. But then it was like, oh, but I need like I need like, a, you know, a deluxified chaos bag. I gotta find a nice chaos bag. So then I went on Etsy and I was looking at all of these like uh, you know um, I'd like um, uh, like you know one of a kind like handmade Arkham mm-hmm. horror chaos bag chaos token bags and I was like oh these look cool and this one had this really bitchin' like sigil on it which had like a a pointy arc and like an A shape that was like curved underneath and I was like oh wow that looks incredible so I like in my in my you know my like my frenzied haze of like, I've got to deluxify my game. I ordered it immediately. I was like, okay, I'll buy that. And I ordered it. And I kind of forgot about it. And then it showed up finally, like a week and a half later. And I was like, what is this? Because I had forgotten I ordered it. <laughs> right. And it was in, as is the case with some, you know, most things you buy on Etsy. It was in what was clearly a hand-mailed parcel, you know, something that mm-hmm. a nether human being somewhere in the world mm-hmm. had like placed something in, mm-hmm. wrapped up, up written my name on it (laughs) and like mailed it to me so it was a little unnerving to get like a hand mail package from i was like what is this i don't remember what this is and then i opened it and of course i remembered i was like oh this is the chaos bag whoa cool but then as soon as i had it in my hand and in my house it made me kind of uneasy I'm not somebody who's like super prone to magical thinking, but I'm not um, totally Mm -hmm. averse to magical thinking. I've certainly Mm -hmm. partaken in some low-key acts of chaos magic in my time at particular moments in my life. Mm -hmm. So then I saw this like sigil, which I have no idea what it means, where it comes from, who made it. And now it's in my house and it's like <laughs> in my possession. And so it kind of wigged me out and I was like kind of gun shy of using the bag. I ended up putting it in with all my Arkham stuff. I still have it. Um, and yeah, I, I it sort of spooked well. me and one, one day i had put it in there and I, and I i swear to god i didn't it was empty and i sort of folded it up rolled it up and put it in there and i closed the box and i was i th- didn't think about it and then a few days later i was walking by and i saw the arkham horror that was at that point i didn't have a good shelving and it was just like piles of games in the corner of my old living room i'm sure you remember that space and i chaos. saw it sticking out yeah that chaos bag sticking out and so i went over there to readjust it and it had been cinched and inside there was a token in the mm. thing and i and i don't think i put that token in there. i'm pretty sure it was empty <laughs>
0: it's a great story Ooh. and i and i think it's it's it brings up you know that sort of point of that i've been sort of arguing against this whole time of the it it doesn't work to just like apply aesthetics to a mm. game and expect it to get spooky and and maybe that's not all true right maybe if you make it more tactile and maybe if you add some smells in there you Mm. know some like you know some olfactory sensations um with that's big big and popular at these cons we see all these like um uh, smell things that you can add to your games to make it like you know like you're exploring the forest or a wizard's library or something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and you know, maybe you add some, some lights, you dim the lights. So there's this other game where you're just supposed to like crack glow sticks and play only by the light of the glow, mm-hmm. glow stick, right? All of this feels like, you know, if you do it right... You're just creating that mise en scène that I was yeah, talking right, about right. earlier on.
1: Why are there? There must be. Are there not like glow in the dark games, like games made entirely with glow in the dark components that you can play in a room with the lights off? Wouldn't that be cool?
0: Like, uh, I don't a, know. I, mean, I know there's games where you're supposed to play it blindfolded. So oh, um, yeah, that's that's Danger. an interesting thing, isn't it? But
1: like a glow in the dark um, copy of Vast would be
0: awesome. It would be. I mean, I don't know. The Glow in the dark stuff has never been like my favorite thing. You know, you, you as a kid I used to get glow in the dark like I don't know, spoons in my count <laughs> d- count chocolate cereal box and it would like over oh for like it. 2 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well if you could make it last so black light yeah. probably is the way to do it, yeah, not glow in the dark. Yeah, uh, cool. but a black light copy of vast would be cool. I have some um, games that
0: I'm sure would look cool under black lights. Yeah, totally. Well, that was great to talk with you about these spooky themed games in the season of spookiness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was one of my favorite times of year, one of my favorite genres of culture. Uh, and I do enjoy a good spooky game, several of which I've discussed.
0: Maybe uh, we should play as you know, a, a Mysterium with a a uh normal expert. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Oh, that could
1: be interesting. They might insist on like
0: reading us our poem or something. I'm all right with be. that. If they want to do that, I'm 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 down. Okay, you game sign okay. me up. Right. well thank you for listening to our special casual catch-up on spooky games mm-hmm. we'll be back with more uh, full episode coming very soon in the next couple weeks so stay tuned uh we can say it now that we've recorded that's it's right with a space anthropologist we're playing yep. terraforming mars terraforming check it out mars it's gonna be amazing um thank you so much for uh listening this mm-hmm. has been subject matter tabletop see you around the table Bye. Bye.